0: Hey there, Freedom Fighters. My name is Andrew Warner. I'm the founder of Mixergy where I interview entrepreneurs about how they built their businesses for an audience of entrepreneurs. Many of us have uh, wanted to be business people since we were kids. We started selling candy. We started doing all kinds of stuff. Today's guest didn't feel that way. He says that he never was a business-oriented person, but he did care about health. He did specifically care about mental health, and he came out with this app that just made a lot of sense. It's a mindfulness app, which encompasses a lot of things. It's meditation, it's calm, it's music to help you fall asleep, it's stories to help you fall asleep. And then the guy and his brother, with a little bit of money, just got it to a million dollars in sales. Simple business, made a ton of sense, and it worked. And for some reason, he decided to take funding. He got a good amount of funding, and then everything changed and I invited him here to talk about what changed and also about what's working really well with this platform. His name is Steve Lee. He is the founder of Aura Health, and what they do is they're basically a part of this creator economy because they allow multiple people to create uh, these mindfulness programs. So if you guys like my voice and Steve likes my attitude here, he might say, you know, Andrew, why don't you create, uh, maybe not a sleep, I probably don't have the voice for sleep meditation, but maybe it's like a a mindfulness exercise for how to start your day by thinking about the right things. Anyway, so I could do that. I get a share of the revenue that they make because they are a subscription-based business and life is good. And for you, if you sign up, you would get... um, you'd get to listen to me and a bunch of other people. So if you don't like my voice, you can switch to others. All right, that's the model. I invited him here to talk about how he did it. I love uh, how it works and we can do it thanks to two phenomenal sponsors. The first, you know, if you have an idea, you need a website, you should go to hostgator.com slash Mixergy. The second, Steve curates his list of creators. I'm gonna tell him why he and you you who's listening to me should be using SEMrush to understand traffic and understand what's going on on other people's sites.
1: Steve, good to have you here. Thanks for having me, Andrew. What's your revenue? <laughs> yeah, jumping in, uh, it's uh, between one and 10 million, but headed towards 10 million currently.
0: Closer to 10 million than you were back when you were just you and your brother. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And how much of that do you
0: share with the creators who are on your platform?
1: Yeah, we can share that number exactly, um, but they're paid based on uh, listens. So a lot of our top creators uh, make thousands uh, per month uh, with a pretty little effort, uh, and it's really become a life-changing sum for but many the of these 10 and coaches.
0: The idea is that there's some fixed percent that you share with your creators based on the percent of listenership that they get on the platform. Is that right?
1: That's correct. Uh, it's actually not a fixed number. We have a fixed um, payout per listen, uh, and it oh, usually falls really? in the range. Yeah, so that incentivizes coaches and therapists to create better content even more.
0: So then is there a situation where if you get a lot of listens that you could end up losing money?
1: Uh, For very certain um, core users, let's say who listen 100 times uh, per month, uh, that is a possible scenario. Um, But that is the beauty of subscription um, businesses is is that um, it doesn't really matter.
0: (laughs) You mean because there are going to be some people who listen very little, other people who listen a lot. Got it. Exactly. But what Anything. it does do for creators is it gives them a fixed thing to count on. If they get a listen, they know how much they are going to make. It's uh, all right. It's an interesting model. It's, mu- it's much sh- closer to Spotify than it is to something like, I think Skillshare still will take a percentage of their revenue and then split it with creators based on, based on listenership. So they have a fixed expense. Wow. We, and so can I go on there? Can I say, I need to make more money. I want to tap into my audience before they fall asleep. I can go into a low
1: quiet voice and help them fall asleep.
0: Can I do that? Can I just go onto the platform on my own?
1: Uh, no, actually, uh, we have an application process. Uh, we do get hundreds of applications from therapists, coaches, hypnotherapists, therapists, storytellers. Um, so if you do apply, I will make sure to put in a good word for you. Uh, but it is not an open call What do you think I should do? You know what, this is actually really interesting for creators, right? Imagine, yeah.
0: I, I don't think I could do the bedtime voice. I, I'd love to. I listen to bedtime stories all the time. It helps me fall asleep. but. What do you think I could do? If I wanted to be on the platform as a creator, what would be a good entry point for Andrew?
1: That's an interesting question. Uh, most of our creators are are actually uh, really health professionals. So, meditation coaches, life coaches, uh, therapists, psychiatrists, uh, but we do have some, let's say, um, voice talent, uh, creating stories. Uh, We'll be moving into new categories like poems, uh, and we're constantly launching new um, ways to help people with their mental health and and relax. Uh, So we'd love to uh, continue talking about it with you. Interesting. I'm
0: not a mental health professional. Would that be an issue?
1: Uh, No. Yeah, Exactly. Uh, what I was saying is uh, some of our creators are are not mental health professionals. So here's
0: what I would do, Steve. I I don't, I don't, I'm not really applying right now. I've got, I've got enough going on right now, but (laughs) imagine if I wanted to, here's what I would do. I would say, I'm going to give you stories about successful people that are designed to calm you down, but they will impregnate in your head thoughts of productivity, of engagement, of hard work. You're just going to go to sleep with this. And and confidence more than anything else so that when you go to sleep your mind will focus on the confidence focus on dreams that are positive and helpful and when you wake up you'll have those in your mind and they'll allow you to be more productive the next day right that seems like that seems like a thing for me
1: absolutely and this is why we we love to work with um different creators like you
0: (laughs) i love your model all right you're not though an entrepreneur you're somebody who cares about this more so it seems to me from a mental health point of view I wonder if you could go a little bit vulnerable with me and talk to me about what happened in your family growing
1: up before we get into how you built up this business. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So going all the way back, uh, my passion for health started uh, literally because I was a sick kid. Um, I was born to not very healthy mother. Uh, I went to the hospital and doctors all the time. Uh, uh, And then I got healthier over time um, starting, let's say, middle school, which is when I happened to move from Korea to America. What was going on with your health growing up? Uh, I was, uh, I just, let's say, um, was constantly getting infected with different, um, things. I was constantly at the doctors on, on IV, let's say I was just uh, weaker than average. Yeah. Did you feel disconnected from your friends because of it? (laughs) Uh, I would say maybe a little bit. Uh, I was, let's say smaller. Um, I was, um, much more introverted at the time. Okay. Uh, And this was back in Korea. When I moved to us, everything changed because, started taking health very seriously. Like my diet, uh, started playing football, soccer, track, uh, and, um, really transformed myself. Uh, and that led me to uh, want to become a doctor where I can help others become healthier as well. Um, So in in college, I studied biology, um, every sort of science and and computer science as well. I'm gonna pause you
0: for a moment there. I I wanna get into the vulnerable. You don't know me well enough and we haven't built enough of a relationship here, but maybe you can (laughs) still trust me and say, what what happened with your mom growing up?
1: Yeah, uh, so one thing I was uh, about to mention uh, was right when I moved from Korea to America, that also really created a lot of uh, stress between my parents. Uh, and they actually ended up getting divorced uh, in a very, very uh, nasty kind of ten lawyer on each side kind of a divorce. Uh, it really uh, destroyed our mother. Uh, and since then, we also grew up with a single mother. We we saw her kind of struggle but get better. Uh, she's actually also a, a physician back in Korea. Uh, but even as a doctor, she uh, you know didn't really know what to do, uh, and it was hard for her to um, to deal with that situation. Uh, she did. An incredible job of protecting me and my younger brother from the situation. Uh, But it was just so obvious to us how much she.
0: What was going on with her? Stress, yelling, disappearing out of depression into the bedroom. What what can you say?
1: (gasps) Uh, Much more on the depression side uh, and um, yeah, seeing her, let's say, cry, uh, lose her energy, all that. You know
0: what? That's one of the scary things for me. I told you before we got started, we're going to Austin, not as big a move as your family made, right? But but moves have a big impact on family life, on who you are. I wonder a lot of times, will there be something that happens, a move, or an incident, an illness that happens to me that completely changes my relationship with my wife, my relationship with who I think I am. And as a result, I lose a sense of of self and go into depression. And then look at your mom. She must've been she must have been a hard worker. She became a doctor right in South Korea. She had things going well. Am I, am I right? I'm trying to read your face on that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. The, the, so I took my name from Andrew Carnegie. I was born Shuki. I said, I got to get an American name. No one's really going to understand what Shuki is. And the reason I picked Andrew Carnegie is because he's a guy who came to America, really built himself up and became the richest man in the country. And the libraries that we had in Queens were because of him, because Andrew Carnegie decided that U.S. needed to have free libraries. But there was also this uh, story about how his dad came to the US from Scotland where they didn't have much money, where they weren't doing well, came to the US. Andrew Carnegie found opportunity. His dad just couldn't find his way in this world and basically became a failure. And I thought, Look at this! This this dad who brought his whole family here, who had the strength of mind to pick the U.S. and to make his way over here and to find the the money to do it, fell down so hard. If that could happen to him, could that happen to me? Do you worry about that stuff, or is this in my head?
1: Uh, I personally, let's say, don't worry about it. But I, uh, it is always good to have that perspective, uh, so that you're constantly working on not your just your right. work, but also on your family and in your personal life. I do find that that helps me.
0: You so said you find that that helps you too, that knowing oh, yeah, how that that could happen, you do. And so did that, you were starting to talk to me about going to school. Tell me a little bit about how that impacted your school and and what you were studying.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I studied biology uh, at, at UC Berkeley, um, but always in the back of my mind, um, I didn't want to limit myself to patient care. I wanted to create a bigger change in, in the society. Um, took a lot of policy classes, really understanding how the healthcare system works, worked at hospitals, worked in research. Uh, And over time, uh, I started to realize that mental health was an even bigger problem. Uh, One, uh, it is really previously underserved, especially from healthcare perspective, also from consumer perspective, there's lots of stigma and barriers. Um, And one day, I was on a family vacation um, with my younger brother, and that really became the turning moment because he happened to be thinking about the same thing. He was also uh, studying biology and trying to become a doctor, but also had this mental health in the back of his mind. Uh, and we were just talking about like how the culture needs to change. How can technology be leveraged to to lead this movement? Um, at the time, uh, our mobile phones were getting so powerful and and the power of internet software, everything. But they were really being used to get us addicted to our phones uh, for entertainment, for, you know, comparing ourselves You're talking specifically
0: others. about, I'm going to say Facebook. I saw articles yeah. that you were mentioned in back uh, back in the day that you're referring to right now. I guess you were in college at the time. And you said, we're getting sucked into these social networks. They're making us feel bad about ourselves. They're sucking us even more. So then we feel even worse about ourselves. And you wanted to come up with a solution to it. And one of the solutions that you came up to it was Wayfair, Wayfair mobile. Am I right? Or Wayfair? That's correct. Wayfair. Yeah. What was Wayfair?
1: Yeah. So the thesis behind Wayfair, uh, and that was co-founded between me and my younger brother as well, um, was that we wanted you to create more memorable experiences with your close friends and family. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was um, kind of a, anti-social network where you share with others what you wanted to do, uh, and it was designed to get you off the platform, spend more quality time. That was another part of it.
0: You said social networks about now, but mostly about the past. And the more you look at the past, the the more you're you taking your eye off the future. And you said, we're going to focus on the future. What do you want to do? What are you aspiring to do? Where do you want to go this year? What do you want to achieve in the next month? That's the, the thought process, right? Exactly. Okay. All right. So I went to the internet archive to get a sense of how it worked. <laughs> I don't see much here. How how did it work, and then what happened to it?
1: Yeah, uh, it was called Wayfarer. Uh, Wayfarer means a traveler, uh, and you get to share what's called ways. Uh, ways are a, a post where you share kind of what you were about to do or wanted to do in the future. You get to invite other people. Other people get to join it, uh, and then you get to create these experiences.
0: Something um, like um, uh, here's one: BBQ and chill. There's another one let's go biking let's go uh ice skating right so i can say let's do it people can give me a thumbs up they could join in they could just cheer me on exactly yeah okay all right i like the simplicity of it who designed it i'm guessing that was you yeah actually my my brother designed the whole thing himself yeah it it looks good all right and so then what happened to the site what happened to the app
1: yeah, ultimately, uh, we as, let's say, non-funded entrepreneurs, uh, one, we weren't. Uh, there, there was no clear monetization strategy, uh, and two, that also meant it had to grow really virally and organically, uh, and that was something uh, that was really hard to achieve uh, to get people to use, stop using their phone. Uh, so we ended up turning down the company in about uh, 10 months uh, and you know, started to experiment with different ideas uh, about what our next product could be and company could be.
0: I love the experimental phase that you went through. How many ideas? What was the process? Walk me through it because you ended up with a hit product with Dora Health. Walk me through what what you did to get there.
1: Yeah, one was uh, lots of user research, uh, both on the market side of what's actually going on, what are people interested in, but uh, the current products are are not meeting the need for, uh, as well uh, as kind of what are passion and mission, uh, is, uh, and, and so therefore we decided to stay within mental health. How do we make people healthier Their make their lives simpler? Um, and, uh, we of course looked at many other products in the market as well, uh, getting inspiration from there. Um, okay.
0: Give me, give me a couple of ideas. What did you pursue?
1: Yeah. So one, uh, idea we were, Uh, working on was how do we make our mornings a more satisfying more uh, transformative experience every day mornings are very special for especially for people who who work uh, and we wanted to just create a better experience there Um, so we created one uh, app that had a bunch of stuff in it uh, and we started to kind of like see what people were using and finding most helpful getting their feedback what are some Uh, of the
0: features in the app
1: it was like a to-do list setting your intention a better calendar management um okay. some more productivity as well as we added like mindfulness spending time in silence um and really the mindfulness aspect really starts to resonate with people okay. um and at the same time um mindfulness was getting so much uh support from the scientific community that uh i've been um let's say uh keeping uh an eye out uh so we thought okay there are meditation apps out there but uh, and they've done an incredible job of introducing meditation. What can we do differently and, and solve a different problem that, uh, let's say, the modern consumers weren't being met? Um, at the time, we thought it was actually making it shorter uh, and leveraging machine learning AI to create a much more precise and, and um, effective experience. So we got rid of a concept of a course. It's a very simple product where you come every morning, it'll have one three-minute meditation chosen for you. You share feedback uh, and it will learn what works for you over time. And
0: this was one feature of the otherwise broader app.
1: Exactly. We actually ended up getting rid of everything called this aura. Uh, and so how did
0: you know that this was the feature to focus on? What was it that told you this could be the winner?
1: Oh, um, I think most important was qualitative feedback uh, of um, people just loving this silence feature that we had uh, and also just kind of looking at the market and and different products. Uh, and seeing that it was very early, um, there was room for other products to create uh, different slash better experiences.
0: Because there were some apps that were coming out. I think at the time uh, that you launched was what, 2015? Am I right?
1: Yeah, no, right.
0: Lo- even later than that. When did you launch? Uh, 2017, maybe.
1: Uh, yeah, 2017. Right, yeah. So
0: 2017, you launched. By then, uh, Headspace which was, I think, still the leader at the time. It launched in 2010 that was calm. That's now the leader in the space. And so you saw them and you said, look, there is an appetite for this type of guided meditation. We see that our people like it. And the difference that we're going to add is what were you imagining the difference
1: was going to be? Oh, so uh, one Uh, We thought people were very busy uh, and people didn't like choice. uh, And therefore, we really had to focus on the data science aspect to figure out what works for you. Uh, So we created many different, uh, very short, three to seven minute meditations. You had two options, three or seven minutes. Uh, We also started with just like one coach and moved to three coaches uh, so that we can give you some variety and really use data to uh, make that few moments the most amazing and effective uh, moment for you in your daily lives? Uh,
0: because with the other apps, there was a lot of picking. Tell me, tell me, tell me, pick from this big menu. And they today have an even bigger uh, library. And you said, forget the library. We pick it. They give us feedback. We improve it. They give us feedback. We keep improving it. And we pick the right one for them. That's the idea.
1: Exactly. And if you look at other apps, they're really course based. So you do seven days on, let's say, stress. Uh, you're stuck with that one coach. And also, if let's say the first content doesn't resonate with you, you just have to keep going or you're going to turn. So we wanted to solve that experience. Uh, and also didn't make it want to make it feel like work where you have to like do things in order. We wanted you to come be yourself uh, and just have a, um, a moment for yourself.
0: I thought the reason that they were doing it is that, The course based is that they wanted to develop a habit that if you're on a 30 day meditation course where you're supposed to start every day with their app for 30 days, you're going to develop a habit with it that will last beyond the 30 days. So I thought it was that of getting people to stick with an app that was new for them and it was helpful, but you didn't think so. You thought it's just too much of a commitment. There's a market of people who don't want that uh, obligation. We're going to go after them.
1: Exactly. I would say the obligation part is maybe secondary to more kind of personalizing the experience every single day and and learning from you.
0: Okay. All right. How long did it take you to create that version of of Aura?
1: Yeah. So it literally took maybe about two to three weeks. Uh, By the time uh, I was very comfortable uh, coding and making, on on the engineering side, making products really fast. My brother got really fast at designing uh, and uh, creating beautiful products. Um, So once we had the idea, we were extremely fast to execute. Uh, We even started by uh, just looking for free meditations online uh, and putting that into our application as well. We we eventually uh, took them off, uh, but, and then we found one coach uh, and created this MVP right away.
0: Okay, so one coach does guided meditation, just records it, I'm imagining, into a microphone, kind of like I'm recording this podcast, right? All right, that's beautifully simple. I heard it took about three weeks to get the whole thing up and running, the first version, right? Okay, then you got into both TechCrunch and Product Hunt to get your audience. Which one happened first?
1: Uh, TechCrunch happened first. Uh, It also kind of happened uh, accidentally. There was an amazing writer named Megan who happened to have... Uh, reviewed other meditation apps and, and written about them, uh, but weren't quite satisfied. So we reached out to her. It was literally uh, the end of the year. So it was like, uh, I think right before uh, like New Year's, like the day before uh, we just happened to reach out and, and tell her about the app. Uh, she Got on a phone, uh, used our product right away, and then just literally wrote about us um, and basically kind of accidentally launched us. Uh, so that that became the beginning of our journey with Aura, and that's when we knew also there was uh, lots of demand for what we what we had.
0: The like the headline she put on it: "Aura Health launches meditation app for people who can't sit still for long." <laughs> um, and then she also talks about how much funding the the people who are in the space had raised. So it says head re- Headspace reached uh, $30 million in funding, COM $1.5 million at the time. And here you were walking into the space with how much? Zero. Zero. All right. Any, imagining no customers came from that, right? TechCrunch is not a place where people are looking for product recommendations. It's just a credibility boost. Am I right?
1: That's correct. But we we surprisingly got uh, if I remember correctly, maybe a few hundred to like even up to like a thousand users just from that one one article.
0: Okay. And it was free users with a potential upgrade for what? Like $7.99 or $12.99? Uh, yeah, $7.92 or $12.99 a month.
1: I think that's correct.
0: I, yeah. That's what was in the article. Okay. And then Product Hunt, you went on there. How did that do for you?
1: Uh, also very well. We ended up getting top five um and then, kind of got syndicated after that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, very grateful that we were able to get on there. And it was
0: all about App Store, right? Did you were you in Android also in the Android Store or just the iPhone Store?
1: We focused uh, initially, uh, and even today, I uh, still focus just on uh, mostly on iOS. Uh, okay. And yeah, the big turning moment was when we. Uh, In the old app store, there was a slot called New Apps We Love, uh, and Uh we got the number one slot uh, and ended up really changing the trajectory of our company.
0: Good. All right. That's phenomenal. So TechCrunch gets you credibility, gets you some customers. Product Hunt, you're listing there. I think you ended up uh, number four for the day, right? That's correct. You end up with more users, more credibility, more attention. App Store gives you some more recognition. Boom, you get even more users. The combination of the three got you to roughly how much in monthly revenue?
1: uh that i don't remember we were talking about in uh, the the five thousand enough to live on uh yeah by the time we yeah let's say that definitely sounds about right just enough <laughs> to live on comfortably you and your brother yeah yeah
0: all right then you start to improve the product improve the business let's take a moment talk about my sponsor and then come back in steve my sponsor is hostgator i want to run an idea by you one thing that i noticed is Anytime something becomes really big on its own, there's an opportunity for somebody to create a marketplace of other entrants. So for example, WordPress themes became really big, ThemeForest and Envato in general created a marketplace where you can buy uh, WordPress themes from people who aren't like Brian Gardner, who are the brand names who are selling WordPress themes. Everyone else has this marketplace and they generate attention. They send customers to them. You did something similar for meditation. There were these individual apps with Headspace. You get Andy talking to you gently, right? And you said, what if there could be a marketplace? And you created Aura, which is a place where you could get more creators. Uh, a lot of people created courses on their own sites, Skillshare comes in and creates a marketplace. I feel like this is a pattern that I'm picking up in my interview, Steve. I'm wondering what you think of it as an entrepreneur. Should people who are listening maybe say, you know what, Andrew's telling me I should go build a website. I don't know what to create a website about. Why don't I look and see what's hot right now? And I'll create a marketplace of people like it, especially if there's one person who's especially big in the space, I'll create the marketplace for the people who aren't as well-known. What do you think? All right, so now we need to think about what is it that there's a, a special category of, right? Who is this the the bigger players in it? And I actually don't have one in mind right now. Do you? Is there something that you're keeping an eye on? Okay, all right, then I'm going to pick one right now. What I'm finding is that psychedelic medicine and uh, alternative um, things that used to be illegal and and looked down on is now becoming big. So I'm looking at something like Mind Bloom, huge. Uh, idea. They'll do psychedelic medicine directly delivered to your door. The founder is a, a phenomenal entrepreneur. He's going to get a ton of attention. But there are going to be more options for psychedelic and other alternative medicine that used to be illegal. Imagine if you create the marketplace for that. We will help match you up with the right person to 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 do that for you. So it could be that. It could be um, ayahuasca, where you travel outside the country to get it. It could be something else. We're creating the marketplace. That's a little bit out there. But what do you think of that, Steve? I'm looking at your face. You don't love it.
1: Oh, no. Uh, for me, marketplace is really democratization, uh, and really exposing anyone to what is out there. Um, mm-hmm. there can be incredible, you know, power within that. Uh, there could be also downside to that. Uh, so with any marketplace, even for, for us, we, uh, everyone needs to be conscious of that and have, uh, a really strong kind of moral compass thesis and, and practices to uh, ensure the quality and, and safety.
0: Yeah. You know what? I see what you're saying. You're saying, look, the idea of marketplaces is anyone can go and post their theme on theme forest, but that's not the way that you look at it. You would like to see a much more curated marketplace. Even calling it a marketplace sounds too much like a bizarre, right?
1: Yeah, I think it depends on the
0: industry. Um, and yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. But we're seeing that, that when there's something that is uh, either out of reach until recently, like with voiceover artists, that became a thing, right? Where suddenly podcasters and advertisers and others needed it. Voices.com and what is it? Uh, Bunny, uh, Voice Bunny started creating a marketplace for that or something that's brand new. Like I think psychedelics. I don't know that I love the psychedelic idea. Let's be honest. But Wherever it is, if there's a huge market now coming up and there's a huge entrant already getting attention, there's room for somebody to create a marketplace where the others who aren't getting attention can actually start to come together and the marketplace can get them attention because it, when they're all together, they're, they're a draw. All right, people, listen, whether it's that idea or maybe you think that's a stupid idea and you've got your own idea, you're going to need a website and you better go to hostgator.com Mixergy to get it because they're going to give you a low price, give you reliable service, and they'll grow with you. Yeah, when you go to that URL, you're going to see that they have really inexpensive pricing. That's just to get you started. I have scaled up with them because they will scale up with me. Hostgator.com slash Mixergy. All right. Today, it's no longer one person and some free content you found online. Talk to me about the evolution of of the content before we get into how else you got customers.
1: Absolutely. Uh, So I would say the biggest change... uh, within our our product and our thesis just really came from learning what our power users wanted uh, and why they were using orf 4 compared to other products. And initially, we thought it was the very short experience, no choice. Uh, But we actually learned over time that they loved the variety of coaches, the variety of sessions and topics that we're getting exposed to. Uh, And so we went from, let's say, three coaches to five coaches, and then 10, and then 30. And every time uh, when we did that, we also were thinking, other than meditation, are there any other ways of helping people sleep better, reduce stress? So we were one of the first to create this um, format of stories using that uh, to Uh, help people relax. Uh, We went to life coaching. Uh, We went to music and sounds. Uh, And then today we have even more than the like hypnotherapy, ASMR, uh, breath work. Um, How did you know that that
0: that was, talk to me about the feedback. How did you get feedback from people that told you that that was, that they weren't looking for that one hit. They were looking for a broader collection. They were open to stories. Talk to me about the discovery.
1: Yeah, actually our, uh, one of our head of data science, he's a, he has A a PhD in anthropology used to um, be a professor in anthropology as well. Uh, So he really helped uh, really understand who our power users were. Uh, We did a lot of surveys, interviewed them uh, and started to see a pattern um, about what three key attributes of ORA were. Uh, One is variety. Two is simplicity and personalization. And three is kind of quality of content. Uh, And so we decided to double down on all all three attributes. um, And that Kind of became what aura is today and what our thesis is today, uh, which is enabling the creator economy among therapists and coaches. Um, Right now, they are really seeing people one on one, uh, but especially due to COVID, many of them want to move digital, really want to scale their impact in society, but they don't know how they go on social media, but it's just way too much work to compete with other, let's say creators and influencers. Um, So they were actually coming to aura uh, because we make that so much more easier. They uh, have to just Uh Sorry, my Siri just popped up. (laughs) Uh, They just have to use their phone to record their voice. We help them with audio engineering to make it sound professional. Like they're recording it on their phones? Many of them do, yeah. Really? So the barrier to creating content got so much lower because of that.
0: Did we send you a microphone to do this interview? Uh, I I have my own, actually. You have your own, Yeah. yeah. Why don't you send people microphones? Only 50.
1: Oh, yeah. It's actually because uh, then you have to connect it to a computer and then the process gets more complex. And oh, many you want of them to make actually... it so
0: easy that they don't even have a computer. Exactly.
1: Exactly. OK. All so right. Many of the new content creators are mostly using their phones right now. Wow.
0: All right. By the way, you can still connect the microphone to a phone. I carry a cable like that so that I can <laughs> do that at times. But I get it. I get the the simplicity of it. You still, though, I said 50. You're now at 100 creators. You still have a smaller group of people. Um and uh, uh, so I still think you can buy them a microphone and connect it, but I get your oh, yeah. point. You want to make it simple. It seems to me like your vision is how do we make it so that anyone who's ordinarily going to think about going on Instagram or who already has an email list, but doesn't, but doesn't have this kind of engagement with their audience if they want to create content, how do we make it so easy? They could do that. Got it. All right. The Story thing is kind of interesting to me. I like stories before falling asleep. I, I don't know what it is. I always listen with, uh, with an AirPod in my ear to something. And I thought that I could replace the apps with YouTube, but it's really hard to find the right stories on YouTube to organize it well, right? And then, of course, in the middle, they'll interrupt and say, this uh, whatever is sponsored by CuriosityStream. I was like, oh, no, you're ruining my, I almost was out. Don't Don't wake me up with it. How did you find your first creators? Once you went past that first person who you told me about, what was your process for finding creators?
1: Let's see. Uh, we did both outbound and inbound. Uh, we naturally started getting like people hearing about aura and which reached, reached out to us, uh, we also were finding people on other platforms like YouTube, uh, and seeing who had a talent for, for content and were comfortable with it. Do
0: you have any process for getting them to also promote, or is it just good quality, we'll put it on the platform, we'll do the promotion for them.
1: Oh yeah, right now we focus on good quality content. They get analytics on what's working. Uh, we give them insights on on what, what users are looking for. Uh, so really creating that loop uh, and helping everyone succeed that way. Mm. We focus a lot less on promotion at the moment, uh, but as we grow our, our number of coaches even more, that'll be a much bigger part of our company.
0: You eventually raised 350,000 from angel investors, right? Yeah, that's great. What was that money for?
1: Yeah. Uh, what it was mostly for marketing and growth. Uh, we wanted to, we were growing, growing hundred percent organically. We didn't have any money to spend. So how can we create a more repeatable and predictable, uh, way to grow our company? Um, so that was really transformative because we were able to find a few channels and that really led to, um, us raising a a bigger VC round. So who are the angels? Uh, So, um, uh, we were just networking and finding angels, mostly in SF, uh, as well as, let's say, founders and audio space who were really passionate about um, mental health. Uh, Our biggest check was a VC called 1517. They invest uh, in... College dropouts uh, and usually <laughs> young uh, founders with very different perspectives. So, my I, I didn't drop out actually, uh, but my younger brother did drop out of college okay. to work with me. Uh, so, we happened to put their thesis.
0: But th- were there any angels that we would know who
1: invested? Um, Anthony Pompliano. Uh, ah, I, I'm really? trying to remember who. Yeah. How'd he you was, get that? I think our, uh, We met through a mutual connection uh, and yeah, he was just we just had an instant connection. You know what I like about him is
0: that he is a good promoter, too. Is, is he someone who helped yeah. you guys get the word out?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he knew a lot about uh, growth in general, and uh, we uh, didn't. So we we learned a lot from from him as well.
0: Can you give me an idea of what he did? Is there something you can remember?
1: I'll uh, say he took a lot of meetings with us uh, to really... Dig in uh, and think of creative ideas and repeatable ideas to grow the business. So maybe less on let's say promoting directly, but more so kind of transferring his his growth knowledge, which became the foundation initially for how he thought about growing our business.
0: Who else? there's also Shiva Raja Raja Ram Raman from yeah, right. uh, a yeah. s- former Spotify person.
1: Yeah, yeah, right? Shiva joined us uh, on on our seed ground. He was the VP of product there. Um, mm-hmm. He led. He was a CTO at WeWork uh, and is now at Facebook, uh, leading their marketplace development.
0: Okay. All right. So then you said to our producer, you started to go after uh, marketing channels. And one of the things that worked for you was Facebook. Another was Instagram. Was it you doing the ads at the time?
1: Yeah, we actually didn't run any ads initially. We were mostly working with influencers uh, and figuring out how that worked. That uh, worked great, uh, greatly initially. Um... We actually ended up sh- kind of shutting it off over time and move more towards advertising, uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, initially it was uh, such an amazing channel for us to leverage
0: who, is, who are the Instagram
1: influencers and how did they do it? Um, just using their natural voice, uh, and, uh, really emphasizing our, our key value prop at the moment, uh, which was sleep. Um, so. So what they
0: would do is they would do what, uh, they would do a story about how they used aura to go to sleep and then told people that they should go and get it.
1: Oh uh, yeah. Back then there were, there were no stories. So it was a post, but yeah. similar.
0: <laughs> okay. So posts about how they're using aura to help them fall asleep. Yeah, exactly. All right. And Facebook influencers too. Is that right? Oh no, we didn't use Facebook initially. Facebook. Not at all. Anything else that worked for you in the beginning? This is, I want to go before you raise money and understand what worked then.
1: Uh, it was really a mix of creating as much organic uh, traffic as possible, and we mostly did that by just really focusing on the product. We were releasing a new update every day, every other day. Uh, and so when we did influencer, that would just amplify the the organic growth as well. Um, yeah, those were the really the two things we did, just product and, and influencers initially.
0: Okay. All right. Let me talk about my second sponsor. And then I want to know why you decided to raise more money. And then some of the issues that came up with it. The second sponsor is SEMrush. Do you guys do any content marketing in order to promote? Uh, no, not right you now. You don't. All right. Imagine if you decided this is a thing that you want to do, what you would look for is the first thing I would do is I would say, like, who's, who's doing this really well? and then go look and see what articles are they writing that are not so good that you could improve? Who's linking to them? I would also start to see it for you because you're looking for creators. I would start to put in the websites of creators that you admire and get a sense of like how much traffic they've got, what kind of um, um, what kind of loyalty they have. Semrush will do all that. They'll help you see where other people rank. They'll help you find keywords that will help you rank better. They'll help you see where your traffic's coming from, but you know that already. But more importantly, they'll let you see where, where your competitor's traffic is coming from. That's the tool that will help you grow. If anyone out there is doing marketing, whether it's social media marketing, paid advertising, like pay-per-click, or even just content marketing, SEMrush is a tool to use. You've heard me talk about it. You've heard other guests talk about it. If you want to go try them for free for a limited time, they're making it available at semrush.com slash Mixergy, semrush.com slash Mixergy. In fact, let me take a look and see where you're getting most of your traffic. Look at this. Most of your traffic is still coming in direct. A teeny bit from Google, right? From YouTube um a little bit from google you're you're definitely not getting that much traffic to your site it seems to me steve what you're doing is mostly doing ad, uh, app store stuff right
1: that's correct we do run paid advertising but most of our our majority of our traffic is organic so
0: wow and let me see how much just uh, let me see if i can figure out all right seventy thousand visits to your site in june of 2021 we're still kind of closing up on july All right. You could do so much more here. You should really go to semrush.com slash Mixergy and sign up, start to see your traffic. And then you know what you do? Think about the people you admire who you don't want to tell me right now, because I'm going to ask you who they are. You're not going to want to give them air. You're not going to want to say that you're thinking about them at all. But when you're by yourself, you think about them, put them in here, see what they do. Put these, put these people in and start to study them and study yourself and see what you could do to improve. You're going to love it. Everyone out there, including you, Steve, Go to semrush.com slash Mixergy, S-E-M-R-U-S-H.com slash Mixergy. All right. What made you decide to go raise money? I'm guessing it's advertising was working and you wanted to to grow it, but you tell me.
1: Yeah. uh, And we know that this is not a decision that should be taken lightly. Uh, I think for us, it ultimately came down to our our vision uh, for the ecosystem that we wanted to create, uh, how many coaches and therapists we wanted to, uh, how big of a need there was from consumers um, and but what was really also important to us is that we wanted to create a mission-driven company on uh, not let's say just a company uh, so it was important to us that we find the right investors um, especially for this round where we're getting uh, bigger vcs involved um, so yeah it was not a light decision but a uh, decision we decided to make and what was the money going to be used for uh so yeah, at the time, it was just us two. Uh, maybe I think we had a contract engineer at the time. Uh, so growing the team, doubling down on marketing, uh, and growing our, our uh, supply of coaches.
0: Okay. I saw you raised from Cowboy Ventures. That's correct. Really? How'd you connect with them?
1: Yeah, actually, the story goes that uh, Reach Capital and Cowboy uh, co-led the investment. Uh, Reach mm-hmm. Capital initially found us because there were... Uh, uh, interviewing students, uh, they're, they're a education focused fund. So they were interviewing students about what they do for their mental wellness or them okay. to come up. Uh, so they reached out to us. We happened to be raising. So they invested and, uh, introduced us to cowboy that worked out well. Uh, so. Wait,
0: Steve. So they decided that they wanted to, to invest in mental health. They started interviewing students to understand what students were using. They came up with you and they said, all right, if they're using this app already, let's go find the founders and see if we can invest.
1: That's correct. Yeah. That is. Of course, we went through a, a long diligence. Right. Uh, yeah. Wow.
0: All right. That's impressive. All right. You told our producer, I, I don't think I'm I'm revealing anything here, but you said, look, we're in San Francisco. It's a culture of grow at all costs. And that was part of our
1: motivation. The sense that everyone else is growing. Am I right? Yeah. So that's where uh, I think being first slash second time founders um, and we uh, started to stray away from building a mission-driven company. We started to kind of ruthlessly focus on growth. We even got to like top five in the App Store at one point. Uh, we we're growing like crazy, but at the same time, um, we weren't as focused on the user, uh, and we also were burning a lot of money. Um, I wasn't sure where I was going with that, but yeah, that bring was a lot of part money of the on that we created.
0: Where did the money go? On, on marketing. What's that? On marketing. You're just saying let's yeah. keep buying ads, bring people in we get higher, we feel better. You also told our producer, look, I'm Korean. We don't feel comfortable bragging. We are an environment where people are good at bragging, right? (laughs) You still live in San Francisco? I still do. You do, right? So there's this like, there's some, the bragging that happens here is not so in your face. It's more like, yeah, by the way, here's how much we raised. By the way, here's how (laughs) our company is doing, right? Exactly. And it could even be about benefits. Yeah. We get six months off for for child leave, and I'm going to go to Hawaii ah. and, and hang out. Um, I don't know that that's exactly a thing. Do you, th- When you were spending money, what was most effective since you got to spend a lot of money on advertising? What worked?
1: Yeah, at the time, uh, I would say we started moving more towards Facebook and Instagram advertising. Uh, it was very predictable for us uh, and scaled well as well.
0: It's still effective to this day.
1: Yeah, we do have many other uh, channels today, but uh, it is very effective. Yep.
0: What was the worst when you look back and go, "I can't believe we spent money on that"?
1: Uh, There were a lot of, let's say, gaming-focused mobile uh, networks. Uh, It wasn't as uh, it didn't get us the right type of users.
0: Ah, okay, but they're effective because people accept ads in games, even if they're disruptive. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. You don't feel like you're an entrepreneurial person. How does that how does that come out like what or do you feel it day to day do you feel like as you're going through this that you're this isn't for you to sit here and do a mixergy interview and talk about growth and answer andrew's questions about revenue
1: yeah actually um it's an interesting uh, relationship for me uh, i do think of myself as entrepreneurial when i was in college i literally co-founded three different nonprofits one on campus one With neighboring hospitals, one globally in uh, in Africa. Uh, And that's the first time when I realized I actually have a desire to create change through Uh organization and and team. I didn't necessarily think of myself as a business person. So pitching, making money, uh, that's just not how I identify myself as. Uh, And so when I was pitching investors, it was very... Um, I didn't show who I truly was. It was a bit forceful. Um, I didn't know how to communicate my vision. Uh, so we had a really hard time. Uh, and that probably um, just brought myself a lot of, let's say, anxiety uh, and um and struggles, uh, which I uh, was able to use Aura to overcome uh, and become uh, much stronger. And now I have a much healthier perspective about what it means to become an entrepreneur. Uh, why fundraising is necessary, how to go about it the right way.
0: What What about hiring and managing? Do you ever feel comfortable there?
1: I actually love uh, working with the team. Uh, I'm uh, a very extroverted person. I uh, also am passionate about being a good leader and helping others succeed. So. Yeah, really enjoy that, that aspect.
0: And the process of hiring, how is it for you? Is it largely networking because you're so extroverted?
1: Um, it's been mostly uh, organic. Actually, we, we post on LinkedIn and we get like hundreds of applications. Um, we've also used kind of like platforms like uh, A-List and hired.com. So some of those hiring platforms as well.
0: All right. Looking forward, where do you see Aura going? What are, we, what are we taking
1: this to? Uh, really going back to this concept of an ecosystem, um, I think, one, uh, as a consumer, there's just so much barrier to even seeing a therapist, even finding the right person, being able to afford them. So Aura drastically reduces the barrier to uh, start to take care of yourself. Uh, and then the user journey goes, oh, you might meet the right coach. What if you want to see them? Um, and so we want to have a full stack, uh, a very integrated experience where you can get access to the world's best content, world's best coaching and services all in one place. And also, even from coaches and therapists' side, we want to become their all-in-one place where they can make money from uh, sharing content. They can also find their own clients as well and really shift their whole business online. Uh, I'll say that's our vision.
0: Uh, Oh, so you're not thinking what other content can we add in, or you are thinking that, but that's not the future of just great content. It's how do we do great coaching, great mental health via this app. And so, if there's someone whose voice I like to fall asleep to, but I want to hire them as a coach, I should be able to hire them and work through my issue with them. And maybe I can imagine as they get big enough, maybe they bring other people on who teach their methodology, also bring them into Aura. And so this is the place that when I want to think about mental health, when I want to think about mental strength, confidence, ability to sleep, everything that goes along with that, the app is all in one solution for me.
1: Exactly. We want to get a place.
0: I like that. All right, here's what I'm learning from this. Number one, I like how I'm trying to understand what I could take away from your story. I like how you just kept experimenting and exploring in the beginning. There were a bunch of different uh, ideas that you went through. And then when there was a germ of an idea that worked and you saw that it was proven in other in the marketplace and that your audience liked it, you jumped on it. In this case, you saw people like these meditation apps. They were accepting the idea that they could sit down with an app and and meditate. I love how you went to kind of a marketplace approach that was highly curated. I love how you've got your costs, uh, directly connected to your, um, to your revenue though. I, I, that would be a little concerned there, but I imagine that the price per per listen is, is reasonable for you. I also think that distribution from the app store was huge. If you would have done all this on a web on the web, even if it would have worked on mobile devices, you would not have had everything that comes from being in the app store. Like the, the, the promotion that comes with it, the paid, uh, uh, the paid model. I think as soon as I signed up for Aura, there was an opera. I think you know There isn't even a free version. Is there still a free version?
1: There is a limited free version. Yeah,
0: it's not even a seven day trial. There's beyond. There's a multi day, longer than seven day trial. Yeah, the free yeah it's version. a very
1: it. very limited product, but yeah.
0: I see. It was. So when i went through the uh, the onboarding i remember i was asked to give some information about what i was looking to do with oro what my focus was do i like stories etc and then it, um i was told that i could sign up for a subscription and i have seven days to cancel and if i don't cancel uh i get charged and i think you even do a nice thing of saying we'll alert you before just bang the mic we'll alert you before you get paid don't worry right so those mechanics are built in from the App Store. I like how you have all these different uh, potential voices because of the marketplace. I wonder if um, you would have benefited from the Skillshare approach where I see people who are, who, are, um, who are well known on YouTube for getting, I'm just thinking about, what is his name? Ali Abdul, who's really good at productivity app, uh, productivity, productivity videos on YouTube. I see that he then promotes his Skillshare uh, course, which then gets me to sign up to Skillshare and take his courses and he gets, he promotes them as much as they promote him. I wonder if you're thinking about that too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right,
0: All right. I love this idea. I love this business. Congratulations, Steve. Feels good, huh? Thank you.
1: Uh, feels like we're, we're just getting started and uh, that we're learning a lot and making a lot of mistakes.
0: All right. It's Aura Health in the App Store. And I want to thank two sponsors who made this interview happen. The first, if you like this uh, idea and you want to come up with a model similar to it or keep the model and come up with a business that you could apply it to, go to hostgator.com slash Mixergy. They'll get you a great price, great service, and they'll scale up with you. Hostgator.com slash Mixergy for the lowest price they have. And second, if you want to get an understanding of how to do content marketing and other marketing right, there is no tool that's been mentioned here more favorably, more often than SEMrush. You can go look at the transcripts. You can listen to future interviews and you can hear their name come up over and over again. And I can let you try them for free right now at semrush.com slash Mixergy. And I'm grateful to them for sponsoring and to you, Steve, for doing this interview. Thank you. Same here. Thanks for having me. You bet. Bye. Bye, everyone.